It's time for some week four reactions. Chips towards the end zone, and it is caught. Eight off here. Chubb. Down inside. With the silent count. He bails out of the pocket there. And oh, Josh Allen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm Wyatt. Today, we are joined by the tight end maven himself, Andrew Cooper. You can find on Twitter at CoopAFiasco. He's the lead fantasy analyst for Fantasy Alarm, and you can find him on the Better Network morning show. Coop, how are you? Good, my boy. Good to see you, fellas, dude. It's always good to do a pod with friends. You know what I mean? Instead yes. of doing them with like strangers or whatever, like it's cool <laughs> hanging out with your boys. So this is nice, man. This is nice. Dude. All right. Well, before we get to some players from week four, we always do a would you rather question customized to our guest. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm nervous. Okay. Now, we happen to know that you developed a little bit of a rivalry at your Scott Fishbowl live draft with a friend of ours man by the name of Mike, you can find on Twitter at Daddy's Home FF. So I want to know, would you rather beat Mike in Scott Fishbowl or be correct on all your tight end takes the rest of the year? Dude, after what Mike did, Mike Fanella, <laughs> after what he did to me at the Scott Fishbowl, this dude sat there with no rankings and a beer in his hand. And I, dude, he denied it, but I swear, he just went on my Twitter, looked up, every player that I've written an article about for the last like three years <laughs> and then reached a full round on all of them, like Rashad Bateman, Adam Thielen, and then Evan Ingram, who, you know, hasn't even been that good, but Evan Ingram, he picked him the next morning. I went and looked on the, the, the Scott Fishbowl page. It said he picked him earlier than anyone in the entire <laughs> tournament that day. Right. So this question is easy for me. I would rather come in 2999th in this tournament if it meant that Mike Fiella was 3000. <laughs> I, I love it so much. He tried to big time you at the draft. He is the <laughs> devil, on. dude. Yeah, it's funny because he, you know, he is that's exactly what he would do, though, right? Yeah, like he would, yeah. yeah, he would, he would, uh, you know, fill both of our ships with arrows if it means that we both go to the bottom of the ocean. That's yeah. that's how he rolls. So I would yeah. get him right back. Do it for the bit. Sure. Yeah, he's he got a lot the, of he's got a lot of free real estate around around Twitter. So you're not the only one. He's yeah. the devil, yeah. dude. But he's so yeah. good at it too. You can never get him, right? You can't get him because he doesn't care, right? He doesn't read. Yeah. I don't even think he can read. To be honest. I think <laughs> he's having the foot. Honestly, think he's I've got, never seen him do it, so I don't know. I think he does that thing where like you hit the button and your phone reads the tweets to you. So, yeah, like, I don't think he can actually read. So he's just been looking at the pictures that I post on my Twitter and drafting those players. <laughs> I'm just, I'm Mike, I love Mike, dude. He's hilarious. That's why, you know. Yeah. That's why I shout out to Daddy's Home. Yeah. That's Daddy's Home FF. Follow him, dude. That kid, he's awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's let's, let's talk some players. A player you, uh, we're going to start off with is someone you actually mentioned that he stole from you, Rashad Bateman. Uh, his Dynasty League football September startup ADP was wide receiver 19. Bit of an up and down year. Start off really hot, but has come down these last two weeks. On the year, he's got 22 targets, 11 catches, 243 yards, two touchdowns, only an 18.8% target share. We were hoping for more than that. Marquise Brown in that same role was commanding a little bit more targets. I'm not really sure what's happening here. Rashad Bateman seems to be relegated to a little bit of a deep, you know, route, you know, only type of role, except for a few quick slants here and there. But I'm starting to, you know, I'm just a, a little bit concerned that he's not commanding as many targets as I would like 
for him in this offense. Coop, how are we feeling about Bateman? I think this is a dynasty show. He's a full buy. If you can get him right now, buy low. I am doing it for sure. I'm honestly, I'll offer a first round pick if I get him right now. And here's why that the way that that offense is set up, they use so many uh, second tight ends and fullbacks. Patrick, Patrick Ricard played 50 snaps. So you played 49 <laughs> to 70 snaps. You know what I mean? It's when you wild. bring in those guys that don't soak up targets, like, you know, the uh, all these second tight ends and, and the fullback, it really highly consolidates the targets among the top guys, right? So Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, uh, Devin DuVernay is playing a decent amount here. Uh, what happened the first three games is that this team just encountered these game scripts that were resulting in low snap counts, right? They This team at, led the league last year, 69 snaps uh, per game. This year, the first three games, they didn't play over 60 and one, you know? And that's what happens when you, you play the Jets and you're crushing them or, you, or Devin DuVernay runs back a, a kickoff, right? That's a whole mm-hmm. drive that doesn't happen, right? So, uh, you know, you have three games of that. And then, of course, they come out, play 70 snaps this game, but he has the foot injury. He's got a mid-foot injury. Uh, you know, always a little scary with those. Could be, you know, you don't know what it is, but mid-foot sometimes ends up being Liv Frank, sometimes ends up being whatever. But in Dynasty, that's the exact guy I want, that they're comfortable trading away their top dog, rolling with this guy. So, I, I don't know, Skyler, are you in on Bateman? Are you out? I'm in, man. I'm fully in. Oh yeah. So when we last time we talked about Rashad Bateman on this channel, he had he had hopped into the top twenty. It was when Hollywood Brown kind of got traded, and he was he was kind of through the moon. We were a little a little more lukewarm at that price because we hadn't seen him on the football field. But coming out, I mean, him being used in the deep ball game, of course, the length of those is due to regress a little bit. Um, but I'm just happy to see him out there and incorporated a little bit in the way he is. I think this offense has shown that it hasn't really taken a hit with Rashad Bateman replacing Hollywood Brown. I know they're not like-for-like players, but Rashad Bateman, I mean, the, the team the team is cooking on offense right now. Um, with Rashad Bateman, I, I mean, I have him inside the top 20 for Dynasty wide receiver, so I would also be giving a first-round pick. Um, I think if any manager is a little worried by this injury and that's kind of your ticket to get in, I would absolutely be doing so. I'd probably wait a week because I don't expect him to play this week. Uh, he could be questioned for the week prior. You have him coming out. He has a game. They're going to look at the game log. They're going to see three points from Rashad Bateman against Buffalo, which was always going to be a tough matchup anyway for him. And then they're going to see a zero the following week with him being out with injury. And that might be really your time to come in and schmooze him a little bit with somebody who maybe had a harder start. If you can take we get another good week from Curtis Samuel and you can take Curtis Samuel in a second round pick and flip it for Rashad Bateman and keep your first. That's, that's a home run deal in my opinion. So those are the kind of things I'd be looking for with Rashad Bateman. And I expect him to get incorporated a little more. I don't think Devin Duvernay is going to be putting up numbers like this the whole season. Um, my personal opinion is that he's just kind of a lineup landmine. I'm waiting for him to, to fall off and kind of burn people one of these weeks. Um, and if he continues, I mean, it's whatever. It doesn't, it won't bother me too much. I'll just be out on him, but I would, I, I'd like to think that Rashad Bateman is going to be, it's going to be worked in more and more, uh, especially as this team, it kind of settles in with the season. So uh, wheels up for Rashad Bateman, top 20 wide receiver. I think once he's once he's back from this injury, rest of the season is in redraft formats as well as Dynasty. He's just right in there. Yeah, I, I tried to lay the trap for you, Coop, but you're too smart. I'm not actually worried here. I mean, we have to put these couple games into perspective, right? Against the Patriots, Mark Andrews was literally unguardable. Like he was doing whatever he wanted. Like no surprise that Mark Andrews saw 13 targets and Bateman didn't get his his normal share, I guess, in that game. And then against the Bills, you know, rough game. Bills have a good defense. There was a little bit of inclement weather in that game. Like, it was a tough game. But brighter skies are ahead, I think, for Rashad Bateman. Yeah. Devin DuVernay, once again, even with Bateman hurt, he didn't play the full game. 
You know, but we played 45 and 70. So you've played less snaps than Patrick Ricard. That's how weird <laughs> this team is. Probably. Like, they do love that guy, you know, but it's like, you know, Isaiah Lakely's playing. Josh Oliver's playing. They mix in all these other guys. So I don't know. I'm I'm in. I'm ready to rock and roll. And I, I think, Scott, you great point on waiting, right? Because right now, people might not even know that he had the foot injury because they didn't come out and say it right away. So wait and let him fall down those standings a little bit when he doesn't play this week and then snap him up for cheap. And for all intents and purposes, Rashad Bateman's basically a rookie. I mean, he missed half that first season. This is still, in my opinion, I'd be viewing it as a rookie campaign. It's his first – he's coming out as the – what you would think on paper is the lead man for a team in his first full season. Um, there's always going to be some growing with that. I mean, he always profiled as a guy who might take, take a little more, take, take a second to get into the game, but he makes, he makes certain plays look absolutely effortless. He's, he's, he's very good at a lot of things, um, which will always help keep him on the football field. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried. Sure. All right. Let's move on to a tight end. We had to talk about a tight end with Coop on the show and I can't help but bring up David and Joku over and over again. Maybe it's my Browns fandom, you know, creeping into the show, but I, you know, was saying before that I thought there was a chance that David and Joku could be become a dynasty tight end top 12, you know, tight, tight end one in dynasty after this year. And he's well on his way. It's looking like to me, his September startup ADP on dice league football was tight end 13. So almost there, at least by their ADP, on the season, he's got 23 targets, 18 catches, 201 yards, two touchdowns, 18.1% target share. But over the last two weeks, 17 targets, 14 catches, 162 yards, a touchdown, 25.8% target share. Over the last two weeks, only Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews have more targets than him at the tight end position. This He's doing now exactly what I thought was going to be happening and that he's the number two target in this offense. It's pretty clear. There's not a lot of good pass catchers on this offense, so... You know, he got the big contract. The runway was there for him, and he's on his way. I'm still interested in buying even at this price, honestly, because I don't think he really costs this on the market, even though his ADP is starting to get there. So I'm interested in getting in. Skyler, what do you think about Njoku? Yeah, you know, I want to start first with uh, the show. You missed your opportunity to give the shout-out. It was a hot take show we did with a sign with Front Yard Fantasy about a month ago, and that was why it's take. He thought he was going to be top 12. And, um, you know, and I was My internet about, went out. <laughs> stinks. And while we were waiting, I had, I had a long talk with, with Simon there about, you know, what, what, what it takes for these tight ends for us to be targeting them at Dynasty. Like what, what type of guys are going to come in and have the opportunity like a Dalton Schultz, a Dawson Knox. And the, the guys we were kind of harping on was, um, was David and Joku and, and Gerald Everett, two guys were kind of the bullet points I made is we want guys with, with, um, the good age, kind of mid twenties, athletic, good athleticism, guys who are capable of taking a good team target share, their, their team is scoring upside and or a top 10 quarterback. And then they have limited uh, tight end red zone competition. And David and Joku kind of checks almost every single one of those box. The only thing you would say is maybe that top 10 quarterback of the scoring upside with this team. But when you're talking dynasty, we expect Deshaun Watson to be a guy to, you know, come into this team. And I, I, I know if we go back one of the other times we talked David and Joku, we talked about the splits with and the uses of a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett for his tight ends versus a guy like Deshaun Watson. But seeing even the history of Stefanski and how he has utilized tight ends at an above league average rate, um, uh, you know, leads me to believe that this one within Joku, it should continue. You really look at this team and there isn't any reason he shouldn't continue like a 15% or more team target share. I wouldn't expect it to be as crazy as this is, but it's been very encouraging for us to see what he's done in the last two weeks. The first two weeks were very concerning. Um, 
I, I don't know the exact reason for that, but uh, I really like what I've seen from David and Joku over the last two weeks. And he's absolutely somebody I think I'd be, I'd be looking to add to a competing team. Um, if I, if I needed some tight end help, I think there, you can probably predict what matchups too are better for him. Um, which, which I do like to see. So I'm going to throw it over to Coop. And I want to ask if you are a team that's competing, or maybe you're looking for a playoff run and you've got, you've got your second round pick for, for next year. Is David Njoku type of player you'd be looking to just straight up offer a second because it probably gets done? Or are you trying to get a little more creative or are you just not looking to buy him at all? No, I'm in, man. And I, I know why he, the first two weeks he didn't he didn't do much, which I'll get to that. Uh, but just up front, I want to give my, for the JWB uh, listeners, my number one, like if you're going to take a sticky note and write down a quick note that should be your philosophy for tight ends in Dynasty, it's this. It's roster talent start opportunity. So you want to be rostering as many of these freakazoids as you can. Like David Njoku, go pull up the Search David yeah. Joku yeah. and then hit images. This guy, is, he looks like a Ninja Turtle, bro. Like this guy is absolutely <laughs> I have, yoked, I have a good right? time Shredded. making it Joku thumbnails. I have a good time with Yeah, him. he's a dude, monster, right? So you want to roster as many of these guys as possible. But the, the reason the tight end position at times, you have to wait for them to get the opportunity. Delaney Walker was stuck behind Vernon Davis until he was 30 years old. And then he was a top five tight end three years in a row. So sometimes you have to wait. But you, so you want to... Uh, roster talent start opportunity now and joku finally is getting that opportunity so this is the guy you want to start right what we did see in the first two weeks the reason Skyler, that he wasn't doing what we hoped is that he was blocking on too many pass plays they had uh pass rush issues they, they had that he's a good blocker so they had to deal with that he blocked on 17 percent of his pass plays over the last two weeks those numbers have been six percent and ten percent you need to be below 15% on the season. So even 17% is not that bad, but uh, 17% doesn't stop you from being top 12, but it does stop you from being top five. Only George Kittle over the last decade or so has finished top five blocking on 15 or more of his past plays. It was 15.6% right there. So you got to stay below that number. But uh, with Njoku, he now is in the position to be the second target on this team. Uh, He's clearly in certain matchups isn't going to block a bunch. So what I would do, is I would wait till after this week. This week they're gonna get uh, Khalil. They're getting Khalil Mack. They're getting the Chargers, right? So Khalil Mack, and they got to deal with Derwin James. Derwin James is the dude who just two weeks ago power bombed Travis Kelsey. He completely erased Evan Ingram. So Derwin James is a real problem. <clears throat> I would wait one more week to go after Njoku, and then is when I would pounce and I would say, like you know, because when people look at five game sample size and two and three of them are bad and two of them are good. Then it's a lot easier to get that guy right now. You have to buy him on the upswing uh, if you're going to buy him now. So I would wait one more week, but yeah, I'm, I'm in on a man. We always knew he could be good. He's got a, his attitude has clearly changed for the better when you see the comments coming out of him. So uh, I'm in man. And you know, I know why it's a Homer Browns fan, but everything you said, it's, it's right. Right. Like we know he's got quarterback coming back. He has a chance to be a top two target on the team. He looks great so far, so it's wheels up now. Yeah, I love that little nugget about waiting until after the Chargers game too. Let it let let value drop a little bit for going. Could be in. a worse matchup for for especially as a guy like some guys. The like Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has not blocked on a single pass play this entire season. Right, he just <laughs> plays wide receiver. Yeah. He runs routes. Yeah. So when they play a team like this, Derwin James is the problem. Of course, Derwin James would be, would be a huge problem for anybody, but they're not going to have him stay in and block. With Njoku, they might 
you might get the worst right. of both worlds for one game. So, you know, this is the, and if it happens, that's when you sit there and you're like, you know, that, then you kind of sneak in there and say, you know, I'm a Browns fan. I know maybe he's not as good as, uh, as you think, but let me take Njoku off your hands, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Let's get to our next player, Traylon Burks, who we're going to get some sad news about. We don't know how sad the news is going to be yet, but got injured in this last game, but things were turning up for him before this, um, his snaps increased every week. His routes increased every week. It looked like the fantasy points were on their way, and then he gets injured in week four. His Dynasty League September ADP, startup ADP, was wide receiver 36, so he was already down a good bit um, over the offseason from where it started during draft time. It could drop even further. I'm a believer in Traylon Burks. Um, I know he's got a lot to work on, but I think he's someone who can work on it and will get integrated in a way that helps him succeed with his crossing routes, you know, the ease screens, all those kinds of things. His Titans were on their way to doing that kind of thing for him, just getting the ball in his hands, letting him do his thing as he learns the rest of it. So I'm still in here. I would, you know, I'd be in on wide receiver 36. I expect it to drop now with the injury. So like, I'm definitely going to be back in, you know, still in Uh Coop. What do you think? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Traylon, the thing with Burks is that like, what a roller coaster it's been where like immediately, I think a lot of us thought in the back of my mind, I was hoping for it too. Like, I'll smile about it. But like you watch the Vikings trade away Stefan Diggs and draft Justin Jefferson. And it was like, you know, uh, right where they left off and you watch then with the Titans, they trade away AJ Brown and they draft Carolyn Burks. And you're like, well, what if, right? Like what if, but not quite. Right? And then, so that was my thoughts initially. And then, you know, the asthma stuff and all that kind of has been messing with his value. I still like him long-term, but this injury, the rumor is, I'm not sure if you saw it, but the rumor is turf toe. Uh, and that one is a tricky injury. Very. It's very tricky. I mean, like some guys get it. It's It sounds like just a stub, stub toe. Like it sounds like it's nothing. It's actually like a serious toe ligament issue. It ended careers like... Um, LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, Sean Alexander, Eli Manning got it, and he never re- quite got back to you know get over that. So for me, he's a hold if I have him, but I'm scared to buy him. I'm scared to buy him. Uh, I believe in the talent, and I'm not worried about the landing spot because you know we've seen A.J. Brown be awesome in the same landing spot, the same offense that didn't throw a whole lot. But uh, for now, I'm, I'm, I'm always scared to – to catch falling knives, if you know what I mean. Like a guy gets a serious injury and you go and get him and, uh, and you know, it's something to worry about, but I don't know. Uh, Skyler, are you buying here or where are you at with, with Burks? Well, with the turf toe, it could complete, even if it is last year, it could completely derail two months of production. Like he could right. come back, he could come back in three to four weeks or, or earlier and could just absolutely struggle. His snaps could be way down. Uh, you saw, you know, most recent, I can think of as guys like, uh, like Antonio Gibson finished one season kind of with it. Even when he came back, he was just, he was in a limited capacity. And, uh, you know, it's very worrisome in the short-term outlook for Traylon Burks. Because my biggest thing here with Dynasty, a lot of times just targeting when I'm buying these players, what price point I'm coming in on them. And I I like, I would, I would think with a guy like Traylon Burks, if he comes back, the team has still, you know, been struggling more or less. And his usage wasn't quite there yet, even before the injury where he could come back and it could be, it could take, three to four weeks for them to figure out how he fits in this offense again like we already saw at the beginning of the season tied into three or four weeks of him kind of 
being on a pitch count to begin with. So it's a, it's a really tricky uh, situation with Traylon Burks. And if I was going to buy, he'd be more of a player that I put on a short list of uh, guys I'm looking to monitor for the season and maybe going into the offseason or close to the season. You might get around your trade deadline and a manager who's expecting Traylon Burks to be a flex contributor for this season might be more inclined to sell a little lower on him than than they would have, of course, even a month or two prior. So he's definitely a player that I'm, I would be interested in, but I, I don't think I'd even be buying right now. <clears throat> Traylon Burks, where you said that startup price last one you noticed on deal off was 36. It's really tough to put an exact price point on him league to league because, you know, even a, around April time, he was, he was hopping up in certain markets closer to wide receiver 15, like right next to, to London. Um, you know, he had hopped up to 103 in a lot of rookie startup uh, drafts, and pe- people were absolutely wheels up on him. They were painting the dream in the dreaming season, just like Coop talked about, where it was, you know, they, they cleared the way for him. There's no, no one else really got 30 year old Robert Woods, and and uh, yeah, this is Traylon's team to come in and really roll. But he he's more of a he's he's a lot rawer, I think, than we, we would have thought, and the team isn't as flush as maybe. Um, other players coming in with the timeline the timeline you've painted is is what i think is going to be your best bet which like just think about the people that went and bought you know michael Pittman got hurt had compartment syndrome didn't really play think about the people that bought him this offseason he wasn't as expensive and then now he's the guy so maybe that's the play is like sit there let the owner the guy who has him now deal with the turf toe and all and you know the lack of production and then you swoop in in the offseason and you grab you grab that might be the move. I, I like the practicing patience here um, with this. It, like you said, the turf toe, that's a tricky one. That could, it could it could last a long time, much longer than we'd like. It could, you know, suppress his value over time. And there might you could find a better time to jump in there. Yeah, the best price point for Michael, uh, Michael Pittman was between late November and early January last year before people came more privy to uh, the situation he had for the upcoming season. That's when we saw the rise in market for Michael Pittman. And it's it's a great name to put in with Traylon because the timetable we're saying to look to buy him is kind of that late November time. So that that's that's what I would be looking to do with Traylon Burks. And for right now, if I have him, I'm not selling him for I'm not selling for probably just about anything. I mean, if you get more than a first, I mean, sure, I'm, I'm cool. I'm definitely cool cashing out on that. It, 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 it profiles to be a strong class, but other than that, I'm, I'm probably just holding. And and um, he's a guy that I'll be excited about to see what he has to offer next season. Another player that would require patience. I'm going to throw a quick extra player in here because we got big news today about Javante really? Williams. Uh, Torres ACL, LCL, PCL. Uh, oof. Just big dagger to his value and his health and his career. Um, I mean, maybe like uh, the way that people are coming back from injuries these days, who, you know, like who knows, but right now, I mean, things are looking pretty bleak for Javante. I'm not even sure what the route is. I mean, obviously like if you're, uh, if you have Javante on your teams, I'd be full hold for right now. Um, But you know, like I was trying to bounce around in my head, like, would I send a first for Javante? I don't think so. Uh, but like, I would come close to it, I think, because like, I'm thinking about like someone like Travis Etienne, who he was like, you know, approaching RB1 territory before he got hurt. And then he dipped. And as the season was coming back around, he came storming right back up to fringe RB1 and Dynasty has started, people started to realize, well, he's coming back. We like this prospect a lot. 
you know, so like, I'm sure there's going to be a window, the proper window. I'm not sure when that time is. Uh, Coop, what do you think? The only way I trade him now is if I have pushed all my chips and I'm, and I'm, I've always already set on winning now. Like say I went out and my, my team is like, you know, Derek Henry and Adam Thielen. And like, I was a guy that just like went all in now, you know, air Tom Brady's my quarterback or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if that were the case, then I would have to stick to the company line and, and try and move him and just keep that going because like the wheels are falling off your team. Otherwise I'm not, I'm not trading him away. I'm also not acquiring him just yet. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, but I do follow a lot of doctors. I follow Dr. Chow, Edwin Porras. And I pick up what these guys are saying. Right. And when it comes to knee injuries, it seems like nowadays the big thing is nerve damage. Right. So it's like, you have guys, if it's a clean ACL and they say the surgery went well, then I'm willing to buy those guys. I mean, the Lions were willing to trade up and draft Jamison Williams at 10 overall or whatever it was, 10, 12, wherever it was. Like, if we get that, then I'm on board. It's when they have these multiple tears and then, you know, you have to watch and see what's said because there have been guys, even recent years, Marquise Lee, uh, Marcus Lattimore, right, that like, when it's these big tears where everything tears, then you have to be worried about long-term damage. So I'd watch closely to what goes on and what's being said. Like if they sit down, like sometimes they have surgery right away and they say, oh, it came out really well. Sometimes they say, oh, we have to wait for surgery and he has to wear like a bubble cast and then we're going to do it in a month. I'm not trading for that guy until that's done. You know what I mean? I'm not trading for that guy until somebody comes out and tells me that surgery is successful and here's the timeline. He's too expensive of a player for that, right? Yeah. You still got to trade a first minimum. More than a first, probably, right? For sure. Yeah. And of course, if you could get him for less than a first, if you're in a more casual league and you have a panicking manager, if you're one of the sharper players in your league because you're listening to us over here, then uh, yeah, I'd absolutely go and acquire Javante. It's about that price point. But I love what he was saying about waiting, kind of seeing how this surgery and everything goes. Um, I will plug and put in the description a video we had, a Dynasty Digest we had um, with... Uh, FF Spaceman on Twitter, Dave Wright, uh, last year where we actually talked about like J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, um, which kind of painted a lot of our takes we had with Cam Akers and where we're handling when when these young guys do go out. So I'll, I'll make sure to put that below. But with Javante, uh, where we kind of sat with him is he was RB5 or 6 for us, give or take, in Dynasty Market. Um, kind of just as a de facto where we had all the aging backs and he just kind of slid into his zone. But we did recognize his short-term outlook was always, it was always going to be tougher for him to finish as a top 10 running back unless of Denver really either changed the identity of their team or ended up being a top five offense with this for the season. And a lot of times with these, when you bring in a new head coach, new OC, new quarterback, it does take till that second season for the team to get rolling. So Javante always did, was kind of more like a planning for next year. So if so if you have them, hopefully you are in a rebuilding team and you can just afford to just, you know, take the L and, and wait a year and just hope for Javante comes back to your team next year. Because even players like Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, they've all had their individual cell windows where once we get rolling into the next season and people, let's say Melvin Gordon doesn't come back and he, oh, he's the RB1 now. We're going to play this game again in Denver. And he's going to have his moment in market where right now people might be scared to pay a first. You might hit a point next offseason where you're getting closer to two first worth of value for Javante Williams. Just like I saw with Travis Etienne this offseason with J.K. Dobbins prior. 
um, K-Makers, if you time that correctly, where people were willing to buy back in once we hit that dreaming season and they've convinced themselves that there's 20 running backs in the league could all finish top five. So uh, patience with Javante Williams. It really sucks. It looks like a very tough injury. Brutal, bro. In my big hometown league, I just got to add, like, because everyone's got their, their league they consider most important. Obviously, Scott Fishbowl, things like that. But this is my big boy league. You know, 14 teams, deep benches. Dude, I have not only do I have Javante Williams, I have Dak Prescott, Keenan Allen, Rashad Bateman, uh, Jahan Dotson, who just got hurt. I was I have DJ Chark, who's out. And I also, with, with my last two picks, I was like, I'm going to take Kadarius Tony and Wondell Robinson. One of them is going to carve out a role. So I'm sitting uh, here just with it's a brutal red stuff tape. in your IR. <laughs> I think I have brutal. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys I could put into my one IR spot. That I have. So, <laughs> brutal. Very cool. Very cool I will, start of the year. I will put one little question that we can outro in on, but it's I'm going to bring up Melvin Gordon because people might have a question about him and how this impacts him for the rest of the season. 29 years old, he'll be turning 30 next year. He finished top 24. Um, the last few years prior i will ask if you are a competing team if you are one of those rare guys who did have javante kind of with a more competitive roster are you willing to buy melvin gordon for a second and then the second part of this question is if your managers just had melvin gordon because no one would freaking buy him this offseason and you can sell him for a second are you doing that and you could these answers can be different but if anyone wants to hop in no i would i would if i'm competing now and uh the whole thing is you're competing now. So that second is going to be a late second, ideally, right? So, you know, we're talking about late second, early third, what, 10 to 15% hit range. Uh, I would give that up for a shot here. Just keep in mind that it's not just going to be Melvin Gordon. That's not how they want the offense to run. Mike Boone did come in and play a bunch. They like Mike Boone. Uh, George Patton came over from the Vikings. And, you know, whenever that happens, they, they bring over a couple of their guys. And George Patton brought over... Mike Boone. When I was a kid, uh, I named my cat Curtis Martin, and then Bill Parcells went to the Jets, and who does he take with him? Curtis Martin and Tom Tupar, punter. But like that's what happens. When guys leave, they bring their guys with them. Mike Boone is a George Patton guy. He's going to play, but still, Melvin Gordon is better than Mike Boone, and he's probably going to play. I think get at least at least sixty. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. You took it right out of my mouth. At least sixty, 60 number. Snaps. And it's all in, in an offense like this, in a landscape like this, I'll take sixty percent all day long for a second round pick. If I'm if I'm trying to win right now, done. Do it. And on the contrary, uh, you selling for a second. I'll let why I answer that question. Because Melvin Gordon has been a really tough player to get off your rosters if you held on to him. I, I would absolutely take the opportunity to sell Melvin Gordon for a second. If I'm competing or not, I don't care. I would take the second uh and run with it. And I I'd, I'd like to add that. If I had a second to spend on a running back I want to add to try and compete, I'm going to send it for Devin Singletary and not Melvin Gordon. Right Singletary's now. been okay. great, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's looked good on every single um, touch. Zach Moss Top played five six five snaps yesterday or something like that. It was like all Devin Singletary. It's looking like they realized, again, that like these backs they keep drafting aren't actually good, and Devin Singletary's good enough. And they he's just go back to better him. than good enough this far. Every yeah. touch, I'm like, he looks. I like keeping limited because that's always. I think he's always been best in those limited touches. But he comes in. I, he's he's just a worker. He gets he's the job done. A great player to have. I was just about to drop. I was about to say he was top five in routes run. But after this week, guess where he's ranked? Uh-oh. Number one. Number one. Most routes run of any running back. 
crazy. That's what, that's what I'm talking about. And, you know, people don't like, I mean, I don't like Devin Singletary. I, I'll say it like I was not drafting him at all coming into this year. But, like, you have to recognize he's playing all the snaps right now. In high-powered offense, like, absolutely. This has always been a spot filler for me. Yeah, you're you're a Bills fan. This week, and you, yeah, I'm sure you had the game on the big TV because it was a big game. I had I had that game on the big TV because it was <laughs> you know a big game. But uh, dude, what was with that fumble? He fumbled this week, and then he got up and just like walked to the sideline before the play was even over. He was like, "Oh, I'm on break now." See, I was like, "What? What is this guy doing, dude? Did you notice that, dude? With when for he, who? Singletary when he fumbled against the Ravens, like he legit." Yeah. Like he fumbled and then he just got up and walked to the sideline. Like it was, it was to me, it was the most odd behavior. Like he didn't look bothered at all. They were still a pile up for the ball. And he was just like walking away. Like he was like, Oh, I'm on break now. My job's done. I got to like, go back. I got to go back. Pull go up the back. Film. That he must've been like, well, I'm probably going to get benched now. He got to the sideline and be like, no, I'm going to Zach Moss. You got to go back. In. Or maybe he was unbothered because like he yeah. saw freaking James Cook. You have one job. Josh had one where the pocket <laughs> collapsed. He tossed, he tossed a two yard pass to James Cook and it bounced off his hands right in the middle of the field. Like what? And it ruined the drive. Like it was, the drive was done. We had, we had, we had to, uh, you know, punt the ball back. And it was, it was like, what did you do? You have one job, James Cook. Hey, Go back and watch first it. Round rookie it, pick, James it, talking about. it reminded me of when Evan Ingram dropped that pass in the Eagles game and he just was just like he just like kept jogging and was like, oh well, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'll like it reminded me of that. I was like, this guy, dude, like he doesn't even seem to care. Go back and check that out. It was kind of funny. I'm sure he cared, but like he just immediately got up and walked to the sideline. He was like, Oh, play's over. <laughs> <laughs> <That's great. laughs> well, on that note, let's let's get out of here. Coop, thank you very much for joining us before we leave. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Yeah, of course, man. You know, the easiest way to find my stuff, follow me on Twitter at Coop A Fiasco and check out what we're doing on this morning show. It's uh, 7 to 10 a.m. I know not everyone can make it live, but we put them all up on YouTube as well. It's the Front Yard Fantasy Show on Better Sports Network, B-E-T-T-O-R, Better Sports. You know, we're, we're competing with SiriusXM. We brought a bunch of people over from Sirius. We've got guys like... Nando Dufino, uh, Rick Kamla, like all these big names, dude. So, and it's been a blast. Like I, I really truly enjoy uh, the mornings there. I know you guys have, have popped in to say what up whenever you can. So it's, it's a good time, man. So definitely anybody out there, check that out. If you're looking to, for something to throw on the background while you're at work or during your commute, hit us up on there. Better Sports Front Yard Fantasy Show, and then uh, you know, I am always posting my articles and stuff from Fantasy Alarm on my Twitter. So if you follow along there, you won't miss it. All right. As for us, you can find Skylar on Twitter at the FF Buffalo. You can find me at Wyatt B underscore FF. Find all of our content at Twitter at JWB underscore FF or on our website at JWBFantasyFootball.com. While you're here, like, subscribe, follow. We'll see you next time.